Hello, my name is Latoya Deshus and welcome to The Oil Pourer. When all of this is over and when all of this is said, let it be said and let it be known that I had a different portion at the end of my life. Those lyrics are not mine. Those words are not mine. They are by one of my favorite Christian singers, Davy Flowers. It's spelled D-A-V-Y, Davy Flowers. So I wanted to come for, with this week's episode and talk to you about a topic that I got to talk about on our women's Zoom, well, our women's prayer call line. And we were talking about, this was the topic, trusting God to trust people in unequally yoked relationships. And I'm going to sum it up before I even get to what I really, what I really want to say, but because really the sum of the matter is to put your trust in God and not in emphasis on in man, in people, in those people. And I said this, I started off with saying, you know, let's just first realize that we are all, every single one of us, we were sinners. We did not have on the mind of Christ. We were not clothed in righteousness, righteousness. And we, you know, we, we walked the way the world walked. We talked the way the world talked. And what happens is when now we have a hard time trusting others when they have either offended us, right? Or they've done something maybe to offend someone else around us, whatever the case may be. And people are going to offend you. People are going, people, listen, people are going to people. I've said this already. Only people do these things. That's the reason why the Ten Commandments are there. The commandments are there, not for the cats and the birds and the bleeds, it's bleeds, for the bees. They are there for people. The Ten Commandments don't exist for inanimate objects, right? Or like things that are not real. They exist only in relationship to people. They're only for relationships. They're only for interactions with people. And God. And God. But the first thing is, right, so in order for us to walk out these Ten Commandments, the first thing you must do is love God with all your mind, your heart, your soul, your strength, to not serve any other idol, to not make a graven image, to not, you know, do anything else that, that would even look like some type of God, right, lowercase g, in your life. It only has to be God. It all, all of it has to be God. It has to be God in your thinking. Who is God? Jesus answers that question, right? Because people are like, okay, what's the name of God? Well, we know the characteristics of God. We know that God displaces characters. There's words that define God, right? He's omniscient. He's, he's all powerful. Well, Jesus said that God is eternal life. Jesus said to know the one true God who is eternal life. He's always existed. He always has. He always will be. He has no beginning and he has no end. He is Alpha. He is Omega. If you hear my children laughing in the background, it's because they are children. See? And children will children. Thank God for that. Thank God I get to hear my children laughing in the background. So anyways, what am I saying? What am I really saying here? 
trusting God to be able to trust the people around you. So, because here's here's the here's the truth of the matter. We all mess up, right? We all mess up. We all sin. All of us, every single one of us. And God is amazing, you know, God-like ability, trust people to do the right thing to a certain degree. Like, I don't know how God does that, but he did it. And one example is Job. God trusted that Job was going to choose him. That's amazing. So if we put our trust in, emphasis on in, in God, what happens is, because we put our faith, our hope, our trust, our belief, everything in God, what happens now is that we're able to now not put our trust in people, but trust people. Why? Because what I'm doing is I'm looking at the one who is able to shift the hearts and minds like he was able to do mine, right? Because before I was a sinner and you couldn't trust me. Now, because I put my whole faith and trust in God, who is eternal life, right? Who is love, who is trust, he's trustworthy. With all these things, what happens now is that I can put my trust in him and put my trust in him. I know that he is capable of shifting the hearts of every single person around me. Like, I just know that. I just know that. Because number one, what happens is because you're putting your faith and trust in God, God is going to give you the ability to love one another. God is going to give you the ability to forgive people who are unforgivable. And when you start displaying those fruits of the spirit, when you start carrying those things out, people are going to be like awestruck. They're going to be dumbfounded. And because they're going to be dumbfounded, what's going to end up happening is they're going to be like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, whoa, 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 what is happening here? Because people do, when you treat when people treat you bad, they really expect you to treat them bad in return. They expect that. What ends up happening though is that when you treat them the opposite, according because you love God and because you put your hope, faith, and trust in God, when these people do wrong things to you, when these people do things to make you not trust them, what ends up happening now is, <laughs> right? What ends up happening is that they are at a loss for words. Because, like I said, people are really expecting for you to do what it is that you do. they do to you. I was listening to a, a YouTube podcast. And the guy said, well, I don't cheat because I don't cheat. And if I did cheat, I would immediately end the relationship because I have this weird thing in my brain that my, my partner, is, that who I cheated on, is going to end up cheating on me. And then... Right? So you see you see what just happened there? Because he did this wrong thing. He's expecting wrong in return. He's literally expecting. He's expecting this. He's waiting on it. And because he doesn't want to accept the the thing that he's expecting, right? What's gonna come his way, he just leaves the relationship if he's cheated. He just leaves it. He exited. Or what he chooses to do is just not cheat. Or for a long time he has not been in a relationship. So what ends up happening is because you put your faith, hope, trust in, in God, now you're walking by the fruit of the Spirit. You're walking by the fruit of the Spirit. You're walking in love. You're walking in joy. I'm going to look at my um, the poster on my, and thank God for the poster on my, because I sometimes forget. 
So you're walking in peace. You're walking in goodness. You're walking in self-control. You're walking in gentleness. You're walking in kindness. You're walking in joy. You're walking in love. You're walking in patience. And you're walking in faithfulness. Because you're walking in all these things, this fruit is so juicy. This fruit is so good. What happens is now if you turn around and you give these fruit, this fruit to someone who's giving you something rotten and stank and da-da-da-da, the contrast between the two is so obvious, people don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. And they go in there, now they go in their conscience, right? They go in their conscience, and their conscience is going to work them over, like, oh my God, like, I did this, and she didn't do it back, and I was mean to her, and she wasn't mean enough to me, and I was this, and da 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 and all this is happening. Why? You want to know why this is happening? Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And when that person did the mean things that they were doing to you, they thought that they were doing it out of their own good conscience, right? They thought that the evil that they were doing to you was their own conscience. But lo and behold, the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And I'm speaking this fast because my thoughts are coming this fast, right? But the Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and wickedness in high places. Your enemy is not that person. Right when you treat when you give them this good fruit when they've given you something rotten because the contrast of the, of the two is so real they go back and they don't know what to do the Bible says like heaping coals of fire on their head right and they don't know what to do because really it wasn't them it wasn't them it was the enemy was saying himself his tactic to get you to slip up to get you to right to 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 look at the person. And really what's happening is you're not really looking at them. You're now looking at God. God, they hurt me. And God, look, did you see what they did to me, God? And so now it's like something's happening here. God's character is really being, we, you know, we don't say it, but his character is kind of being scrutinized because of the way someone else treated you. That's Satan's real tactic. That's Satan's real goal, real goal. God, don't you care that they hurt me? God, don't you care that they offended me? God, they took my brother. They killed my husband. They did this. They did that. Well, first of all, okay, I'm speaking to Christians. Nothing belongs to you. We are the potter. He is the clay. My downplaying evil, I'm not. What I'm doing is I'm wanting you to be so set free in your brain and in your mind to understand that people do not offend you. People are not what people are not your enemy. My husband is not my enemy. My sister is not my enemy. My neighbor is not my enemy. The Bible says my enemy prowls around like a wrong lion seeking whom he may devour. Okay? He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. But really, what is he coming to steal, kill, and destroy? He's coming to steal my joy. He's coming to steal my peace. He's, going to, he's coming to steal the assurance that I have built up in Christ Jesus. And then what happens is, you know, these bad things are, are, are happening. Why are they happening? They're really happening for your good. They're happening because what the devil wants for evil, okay, what Satan meant for evil, what is happening now, they, they're building you up into a beautiful, beautiful beautiful temple right they're building you up into a beautiful temple because what happens when these things strike at you and you say you know what no i'm not gonna move my phone's ringing it's on it's gonna keep going so i'm probably gonna cut this out i'm i'm i, I just really want to give this to you all this week because god is amazing god is doing something good and I'm whatever, whoever has offended you, whoever you're trying to work on forgiving, um, forgive them. 
forget them because it wasn't really them. It wasn't them. Uh, I, I started listening to this um, entrepreneur who's also a Christian, and he gives two examples of where you know it wasn't a person who was who's who's really you know your enemy for real. It was it's Satan. One of the examples he gives is when Jesus had just asked Peter, who do people say that I am, right? And then Peter, and then they, they say, oh yeah, some say this, some say that. But then Jesus says, well, who do you say that I am? And when Peter turned around, he's like, oh, you are the Christ. Oh my gosh, Jesus is so, so excited and he's loving it. And he says, you know, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. And then he goes and says, there's a great thing that the gates of hell will not prevail against my church I will, on this rock, not Peter. Not Peter, right? But on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Who is the rock? Christ. Right? He was confirming that you are the Christ. Peter Peter was essentially confirming that you are the Christ. And so Jesus reveals to him, okay, on this rock, Christ is going to be the rock on which I build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And then so then Jesus starts to tell him, you know, I'm going to leave soon. And then Peter, literally who just proclaimed this great truth because Jesus said flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my father... It reveals this great truth and then turns around and says something completely contrary because now Jesus is saying, the Lord rebuke you. He's like, get under my feet, right? He's like, come from under my feet. Um, get under my feet, Satan, right? Because that thought was not a thought of God. Watch what you're thinking. My, my, my sister, she was telling me how she was watching the show and People who kill and people who are murder and, and all these other things, they say something overtook them and they couldn't even see. They blacked out. And they do these atrocious, horrible crimes. What? They blacked out. It wasn't even them. It wasn't them. It was not them. And let me tell you how else, right? This Bible, the Bible confirms that really you're not fighting against flesh and blood. You're not fighting. The Bible says that already. It already says you're not fighting against flesh and blood. It says that. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It literally says that. Right? But Jesus also said as he was dying on the cross, Father, forgive them. Why? Because they don't know what they're doing. Jesus, God, who can see everything, who is now, you know, has made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, who has given us eternity, who has given us eternal life, who has given us these great riches that, you know, no one can take us, no one can take it away. Satan cannot accuse you. He can bring no more accusations against you. Jesus has declared, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Um, and you're going to say, well, they didn't know what they're doing. Yeah, they know what they're doing. No, they don't. Jesus has said they don't know what they're doing, but you're going to say, oh, yeah, they know, they know, they know. Okay, well, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you know, right, all the horrible things that you've done? Have you always known what you were doing? Did you know that in doing that evil thing that you did and all those things, you know, that you did, that these things were going to work for good? No. When you did it, you thought it was going to work out for good. When you were doing it, it was all in good pleasure. When you were doing it, you thought you was doing the best thing in the world. I promise you did. Because I've been there, I did. So what am I saying? I'm saying relinquish man of 
putting your trust in them when they hurt you and when they offend you. Relinquish him of that. Relinquish him of that. He's not deserving of that. He's flesh and blood like you. Relinquish him of that much trust. The Bible says, put your trust in God, in God, over and over again. Then it also says, curse is the man that puts their trust in man. Like, if you're putting your flesh, your, your trust in skin and blood, people who have skin on them, flesh and blood, we got a problem because the Bible has told you countless times throughout scriptures, do not put your trust in man. Do not put your trust in riches. Do not put your trust in the things of this world where thieves and moth and people break in and steal. Do not store up for your stuff these things. These things are, they're going. No, but we put our trust in what is eternal and everlasting. So we put our trust in God. And then putting our trust in God, we're going to trust that he, him alone, him alone, Job got this, y'all. Job got it. Job got it. David got it. That's why in the book of Psalms, it mentions so many times, do not put your trust in man. So many times it's mentioned. Psalm 20 verse 7 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Right? You have another one. It says, trust in the Lord. <laughs> this is one of my favorite verses. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. It says, in Isaiah 31, 1, it says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help, who rely on horses, who trust in their multitude of their chariots and the great strength of their horsemen, but do not look to the Holy One of Israel or seek help from the Lord. You know, when someone has wronged you and you're having to learn how to build this trust up. If you fix your perspective, I'm telling you, if you fix your perspective, if you just fix it on the one who can help you, right? Man has breath in his nostrils just like you. The Bible says, don't put your trust in him. Don't do it. It's not worth it because he's going to hurt you. He's going to offend you. But if you put your trust in God, you know what's so crazy about this, right? The Bible says that it pleased God to bruise. To believe Jesus. And they said, well, God hurt, hurt Jesus. It pleased God to bruise him. And in doing so, he has a name that is above every single name. <laughs> right? And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. What am I saying here? I am essentially saying that if you put your trust in God, when people have hurt you and they have offended you, um, what's going to end up happening is that God is going to bless you because you put your trust in the right place. I mean, he's already blessed you. He's already given you eternal life. Like, you can never die. Never die. You will never die. Ever. Ever. You will live on forever, and there's no, there's no end to you. You've already gotten that because you put your trust in God. Not in yourself, not in the world, not in the things of this world. You know, I'm really sharing this because I've had such an awakening. I've woken up from my stupid, stupid slumber, slumber, whatever you want to call it. And I'm up. And I'm not going back to sleep. 
because people are not my enemy. Your people who are in the industry, bad drivers, I'm going to, let me tell you, um, wear out the fruit of the spirit. And that's not impossible for you to do. But I'm going to use that thing every single time. I'm going to wear it out. I'm going to use it again and again and again. And then let me tell you, my husband and my children will be accepted. I would have to prove that when they come on, will the mommy display this? Did mommy do that? Or did my wife do this? Did my wife do that? I have so much catching up to do, but let me tell you, I am about to wear this thing, this thing out. Y'all. So anyways, Bride of Christ, I am, you know, I'm just being a vessel. I really, really want to get this message out here because the Bride of Christ has need of it. The Bride of Christ needs it. Um, and another thing, another podcast episode I want to bring to you all is the one about you know um having a guilty conscience and that's for and that's another episode uh, i'd want to get to you maybe next week so make sure you tune in i know the days that i release these have not necessarily been consistent but listen it's because you know we get into the oh it has to be this it has to be that i'm sending this out today and it's not necessary it's the first day of the week it's sunday however it is going out just like this so I love you. I bless you. I have so many things to do. I have so many things that, you know, I got to get done. But I really wanted to get this message out because I know the bride of Christ is, is, listen, he's coming back for a bride, a bride that is unspotted and unblemished. She's going to be beautiful and radiant. So we have to get this word out. Share this podcast. Not for my sake. Please, no, do it for your loved ones. Do it for those who you love. Do it for them. So, because there needs to be no stain, okay? None. Whatsoever. So, oh, as well, please, if you have not checked out already the book, the book is in its ebook version. I have not yet done it in a paperback version. It is in its ebook format. Go on to Kindle, go to Amazon, and download the book. Get the book. Um, it is called The Ostrich Who Wanted to Fly, A True Acceptance Story, A True Self-Acceptance Story. So The Ostrich Who Wanted to Fly, my first self-illustrated, published along with my, well, written and inspired by my, written by me, inspired by my, at the time she was seven, currently she's nine, so inspired by my nine-year-old daughter, um, and illustrated by me. Um, and, I'm an artist. So... Go get that book and go share it with your loved ones and and let's get this message out. Let's bombard this world and, and let us take stand and let us take charge in the things of the kingdom, right? God has given us dominion in this earth. Let us do so accordingly. I love you. I bless you and I have faith in you.